0: Hello from Indianapolis. This is the Acme Packing Company podcast with Evan Tex-Western, Tyler Brooke, coming to you once again from Indianapolis. Uh, day four of the Combine. And, it's uh, day 67. <laughs> it's like day 150 at this it's, point. It's, it's, the marathon continues, man. Um, so since our last update yesterday, we've gotten the wide receiver, uh, quarterback, tight end workout numbers in. Uh, today's schedule, we had um, offensive line running backs doing the bench press this morning. Uh, they'll be working out this evening, um, kind of similar to yesterday. We won't have those numbers until tomorrow for you. But then we had defensive line and linebackers available to the media. So we'll touch on some of the, the interesting prospects and, and what we heard from those players on the front seven. But first off, let's touch on some of these wide receiver workouts. Yeah. Um, some some surprising times. Impressive forties, really across the board, um, and very few guys running the three cone. And those who did didn't particularly fare very well. Um, I think we, we've talked about the schedule of the workouts being a problem. Um, it seems like a lot of guys either didn't have, didn't even have the opportunity to run because drills were going along. That's
1: wild to me.
0: That's incredible. Um, the fact that that the NFL wouldn't have planned out the the drills in sufficiently to make sure that everybody was able to do everything in <laughs> the same day so that's that's insane but even of the, the 10 receivers or so who did run um, the times were pretty uninspiring I yeah only two guys ran running under seven second cones which was almost the standard for for guys a couple of years ago so that's it's a little bit cho- a little shocking a little disappointing
1: yeah I don't there's got to be something going on with these scores because we're seeing a trend since like 2017. You know, Packers uh, love those sub seven three cone guys, um, and I think I think it was in the twenties in two thousand seventeen of the number of guys wide receivers that ran under that, and we only had two this year, so it, it's very strange. Maybe it's the way they're handling things at this point. Yeah. Um. So I don't know how much they're going to put weight into that at this point because the data just seems very strange. Maybe we'll get some better numbers of pro days. Who yep. Knows. Yeah. Well, as far as the Packers'
0: body types, we talked about the measurements a little bit yesterday, but um, I know you wanted to hit on a few of the guys who ran really well that are yeah. in that
1: Packers size range that they like. Well, the number one guy that's basically the star of the the night uh, was uh, Christian Watson at North Dakota State, and it seems like Packers Twitter has a lot of overlap with North Dakota State Twitter. Yep. Which I'm not. I, it's very strange to me, but yeah, we'll we'll just accept it. But I mean, he tested off the charts athletically. Um, I mean, just in the 80th, 90th percentile, and everything he did. I think he had an 11 foot broad jump. Jeez. Ran in the four threes. Is that correct? Four threes. Four three six. I believe. Four yeah. three six. Unreal. Uh, and this guy is. I mean, you talk about packer size. Six four two eleven. Like he fits all of these thresholds that they're looking for. Um, did not run the three corner shuttle. Smart guy, because it seems like. <laughs> It seems like it was a smart move not to do that, given how uh, poorly a lot of people tested on it. But, you know, when everything he did test in and his size, I mean, he really stood out. Um, he's one of those guys on tape, too. He's got, like, all these highlights. I mean, it's kind of hard when he's not making the highlights to watch him because, like, he's playing against FCS guys. He's not really standing out a whole lot outside of these, like, a you know, couple big plays a game. Uh, but with that athletic testing, man, um, uh, Archon brought it up. It could be a really nice replacement for MDS.
0: Yeah, definitely have be that deep threat. Um, and and if you can get him to be a little more consistent, it seems like that's the idea. The the flashes are there. Those those highlights are very impressive. And so if you can can get him to develop some more consistency. Um, yeah, I think he could definitely be that that guy to take the top off the defenses. And he's not he's not likely to be a first round guy. I mean, he's probably a day two pick somewhere in that range. And I think that's a, a realistic time where where the Packers could consider drafting a receiver. We know they don't do first round guys. Uh, they haven't done it in twenty years. So. Um, yeah, targeting him and sometime on day two seems like it makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, other guy, potential day two or maybe early day three guy is Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati. Um, just another guy that tested extremely well. Um, you know, 4-4-1, four, four, yard dash. He comes in at six three two, 11 40-inch vertical jump, 40-and-a-half inch. Yeah, that, that's something that's really going to stand out to some guys. Three cones, seven point one three. Again, made the mistake, man. You shouldn't have ran it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but then the broad jumps, you know, almost it's ten feet nine inches. So
0: yeah, fast, explosive <clears throat> guy. Um, you know, not not super quick feet though. So be interested to see how he runs those at his pro day. If he if he hmm. improves those times from from what he put up on both the cone and the shuttle drill. But some interesting highlights on him at, coming out of Cincinnati. Um, you know, working
1: with Desmond Ritter, a quarterback. He jumps out the gym, man. He's a contested ball guy. But, you know, I talk about it every time we talk about draft. Like, I try so hard not to fall in love with the contested jump ball guys because why aren't you getting separation? <laughs> right. But, I mean, he makes catches, man. Um, and if he's this athletic, you know, I kept comparing him to Chad Hansen, but now that we got some measurables on, uh, Chad Hansen didn't test nearly as yeah. well. So that's something to keep an eye on. I'm actually, I might need to go back and take a second look at this guy just because, again, when you're testing that well, and I just see, again, my brain just went to, ah, it's Chad Hansen. He's going to be the jump ball guy. <laughs> um, you know, I think I think there might be something there, so I'll keep an eye on. You know, I still have him with a day two grade, but just maybe it might be good to get some more context behind those numbers. Sure. Yeah. Well, I think the probably the biggest disappointment as far as
0: the receiver workouts is Purdue's David Bell. Rough. Um, he measured in. We talked about him yesterday, kind of Devontae Adams size, but you know, we know Adams isn't a super fast guy. I think he ran a four five six, but Bell was in the four sixes uh, with his forty. And you're pulling it up now, but yeah. it, it was just a really, really rough workout all around. Um, a, a, a four-five-seven shuttle, that's that's almost half a second off. You know, the the, the really good times. It's and a
1: sixth percentile. Oh my gosh, of Score of yeah. wide receivers. It's that might drop him down out of day two. Yeah, at this point. I mean, outside of his size, getting a six-two over two hundred, uh, he didn't finish above. You know, he's in the forty-fifth percentile on broad jump. Nothing else cracked uh cracked forty percent. And it's kinda of shocking because he, he was always getting separations. Really Seems good like route. Yeah. So you gotta wonder how much of this is just technique, and then you know, that makes a concern of the is, is it upside? You can make the argument like even if the upside's not there, at least you know he's got the technique down that he can play right away. Yeah. The question is, is he gonna be like an ascended talent or is he just gonna be a role player guy? Yeah,
0: that's that's not a whole lot of projection moving forward to 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 work with. Mm-hmm. He might he might be a guy who's already pretty much at his ceiling.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, the other guy that may not have had a great, uh, he's kind of the opposite instance, cause you know, his testing wasn't terrible, but Traylon Burks, yep. uh, didn't test as well as everyone thought he was going to. Um, you know, the good news on that part though, is there's some guys where just like the athleticism just shows up on the field. Right. And so, you know, maybe he's not the, uh, the smoothest guy. Like obviously he did the three cone, didn't test particularly well. His vertical was a little disappointing. Um, you know, so I'm not, I'm not too worried just because when you see him on the field, as an absolute beast. I still imagine he's the first wide receiver taken. Honestly, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, uh, you saw some of the other guys who are in that conversation for wide receiver one also testing well. Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, the mm-hmm. two Ohio State guys, both ran really well. Mm-hmm. Um, both sub four four, I believe. Um, so yeah. Olave's initially was hand timed under four three. Come back with an official, I think four three eight. For for Olave, I believe. there, yeah. Um, but that's a that's a great time for him. Um, you know, Wilson, I think, was right around that range too. So you could see, I think, either or both of those guys still going in the first round, and at least being in that conversation.
1: I was talking to someone the other day. I can't remember who, but he was just like, "Hey, don't don't sleep on Olave in the athletic testing. Uh, you know, he might end up, you know, showing out." Or yeah. What am I trying to say? Showing up. Showing up Garrett Wilson. Yep. Uh, So, you know, he was right, man. Uh, I was surprised at the speed. He always looks smooth on tape, but uh, he has that kind of athleticism. uh, That actually, especially in this kind of crowded top of the wide receiver group, he really might have separated himself, which is unfortunately probably bad news for Packers fans who are, (laughs) you know, hoping to land him. Uh, The other problem with him, if you are a Packers fan, you know, comes in at 187 and he's just above six foot. So it's probably not the athletic measurables. Um the effort didn't pl- prove uh, as a blocker as the years went on, but again, just uh, I think he helped him out too much. I think he's gonna be a top twenty pick at this point. Yep.
0: Yeah, and I think the one other guy that we want to mention here is is George Pickens, who we've been talking about all week. Um, measured in about one ninety five, but he he probably can play closer to that two oh five number that the Packers yeah. tend
1: to like, and he ran well again too. Yeah, pulling up the numbers right now, but you know the vertical was in the bottom or sorry, like under the fortieth percentile, so not super great there. But the speed was there. I think he ran like four four flat, uh, that's, and that's plenty fast. Yeah, especially for his uh, for his aggressiveness and size. You know, a six three guy running uh, looks like the official was four four seven. Okay, but you know, under four five for a guy with that kind of size is good to see. He didn't participate in many drills. You know, thirty three inch vertical jump. That's the same as what Traylon Burks had, which you know isn't ideal. Uh, but the broad jump over ten feet, about ten and a half. Uh, that's good to see. Uh, I'm think I'm very curious to see what his bench is at pro day. I think because yep. that's one of those guys he's got a lot of functional strength. So maybe it won't tell us too much, but I wouldn't be surprised to see if he you know kind of tears it up there.
0: Yeah, it was interesting. Only one wide receiver in the entire group decided to participate in the bench press. It was pretty electric too, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah he was. Uh, <laughs> the they've had every guy, regardless of whether he's benching or not, you know, go up and introduce himself on the stage. And if they're not benching, say why. And when they handed uh, Josh Johnson, I believe is his name from Tulsa, the mic. Uh, He grabbed the mic and said, I'm Josh Johnson, I'm from Tulsa, and I will be benching today. (laughs) So I took that as a little bit of a a badge of honor. I think he put up like 15 or 16 reps, so so good for him there. But, um, yeah, I think that that pretty much does it on on the wide receivers. And then the tight ends worked out as well. Um, Some of the top guys, though, didn't even really run. Um, I think Greg Dulcich from UCLA was Mm. was one of the better 40 times in that group. I think he was uh, mid-4 sixes, which is a good time for him. I know you were uh, big on Jelani Woods, the the big guy. Holy from- crap,
1: man. Yeah, wow. Uh, you know, he came in at six seven. Yep. Yes. Uh, sorry, six six and three quarters, so basically 6'7". seven. Uh, 259, 34 inch arms, which is ridiculous, and then ran the forty yard dash in and four six one and twenty four bench press reps. So just he I was thinking about, you know, the Jimmy Graham comp I'm starting to buy into more and more. Yeah. That athleticism is off the charts. I think he's in the like you know, ninety eighth percentile athletic wise, RAS wise, um, of all tight ends. So man, that's a big boy. And uh, you know, I think Rodgers might miss having a huge weapon like that, especially in the red zone.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, we'll move on to today's news uh, for coming out of the, the media availability for the front seven players. Uh, before I touch on that, though, first thing I wanted to mention is um, hearing some rumblings here at the Combine that the Packers are talking with Preston Smith's agent. Uh, sounds like potentially working on a restructure or mm-hmm. some sort of, um, you know, p- p- maybe an extension. I didn't get any clarity on exactly what's going on, but they're talking with his agent, um, and that sounds... You know, promising for the the chances of Preston coming back on some sort of modified contract this year, which, as we've talked about, you know, the Packers would need an edge setter if they yeah. were to get rid of Preston.
1: Yeah, so that you know, that's really good news to hear because you know, I think most Packers fans are knowledgeable enough to know even if the box score isn't always great on Preston, he provides such a specific role to the defense that it's going to be kind of hard to replace. So uh, we did spend a lot of, especially I tried to spend a lot of time asking questions of guys that I do consider edge setters in this edge class. Uh, so it was pretty eye-opening. I think one guy that we talked to I thought was really, really fun to talk to was Pascal. Because, yep. um, you know, maybe he wasn't like the most exciting or you know charismatic guy, but when we asked him about it, he went to a very in-depth answer talking about the technique that goes into it, the willingness. You know, he's talking about like where your positioning wants to be, where you can win if you get caught inside. Uh, I was very impressed with the answer. So, yep. you know, obviously great to hear that Preston Smith would be coming back. Um, but, yeah, someone I want to keep an eye on maybe day two, day three that I wasn't really expecting.
0: Yeah, yeah, Josh Pascal again, Kentucky guy. Uh, he's got a little bit of positional versatility, too. Um, he's kicked inside and rushed from like a three and a five technique at Kentucky. Um, you could almost use him a little bit similarly to the way the Packers have used Darius Smith in the past, mm-hmm. is kicking him as, as an interior rusher on third downs in, in passing situations, get an extra edge guy on the field. I think he could be kind of fun to, to be that third edge guy with Gary and potentially Preston.
1: Yeah, I, I would not mind it. Um, yeah, I like the size. Um, and I like you know, just a lot of what I saw. He really gets off the line pretty quickly, too. Yep.
0: yep. Well, another uh, ascending pass rusher that was here today uh, and this week is David Ajabo from Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, he's starting to get some, some top ten buzz, too, Yeah, lately. he is. Um, but he had a huge, huge uh, last year at Michigan. 11 sacks, five forced fumbles. Um, and, and he's really new to football and new to the position. He didn't start playing football till his junior year of high school. Um, he's originally was born in Nigeria, moved to Scotland when he was seven years old, and then came over to New Jersey for high school at around age 15. Um, and he was high school teammates with Odafa Owe, who was the first-round pick of the uh, Baltimore mm, Ravens yeah. last year out of Penn State. So that was kind of how he got into football in the first place. And just a really interesting guy, um, you know. Talked a little bit about his background, coming from Scotland, and um, some of the sports that he played over there before he got to the U.S. Uh, Turns out he hates haggis, which knocks him down a couple of notches on my board. <laughs> haggis is delicious; don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Um, but yeah, it was it was kind of fun to uh, to hear him talk about his upbringing a little bit. He actually made a couple of comments about um, just loving the Scottish people and how friendly and and uh, and calm and kind of even keeled they are yeah. and just how how safe everything feels in scotland and somebody who's traveled over there i mean i can kind of echo that it's it's just a, a beautiful place um and and it was really cool to, to get some insights from him on having grown up there um came on
1: thibodeau that was fun yeah another another top guy probably top five pick you think i i have him as my number one overall prospect <laughs> this entire conversation is ridiculous just because he's kind of an outspoken guy sometimes and get a little, you know, heated. Uh, the Alabama comment did him no favors. All these Alabama people trying to bring him down. Uh, I was pretty impressed with him. You know, he's got enough confidence. He, I don't think he came off as cocky. Unlike another edge rusher, I won't say him by name, but there was another guy I saw <laughs> where I was just like, really did not enjoy listening to this guy speak. It seemed kind of self-centered. Uh, Thibodeau was, you know, very, uh, he, he knows his confidence. He's self-aware. He knows the things he needs to work on. Uh, like the way he presented himself. Uh, he talked a lot about chess and growing up playing chess and how he's utilized that into his game as far as like mentally and you know, strategy and setting up your opponent on pass rush moves and things like that. He was a really fun guy to listen to speak. Um, I was I was impressed coming away from it. Um, but again, like I think we're overthinking this man. He's an absolutely <laughs> ridiculous athlete who has all the tools there that like can be molded. Um, and you really just you can't teach the athleticism that he has. Like this, this guy is the best pass rusher in the class.
0: Yeah, we've been talking to Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, the SB Nation Giants blog. He's here, and, and we're spending some time with him. And he's pretty convinced that that if Thibodeau's there at five for the Giants, they're probably going to take him. That's a steal especially, of five, especially if the the you know those top two offensive tackles are off the board in, in Evan Neal and mm-hmm. Ike. Qu- Equanu from yep. from NC State, so definitely not getting past there. But he's a you know yeah he was a he was a good interview. The other guy who I thought was was maybe the best interview of the day was Thomas Booker out of Stanford. Yeah, big um, time. I put a I put a post up this morning about uh, about just his interview. But fascinating guy. His dad uh, Thomas Booker the third was a Wisconsin linebacker back in the early '80s, and um, the younger younger Thomas. Talked about, um, you know, his dad being a big influence on him growing up. Um, he's got uh, he's got a bunch of attorneys in his family. His mom and his sister both went to law school, and uh, he joked that when I asked him if he was going to go to law school after uh, after he's done with football, he was like, "Oh, my mom is would be so happy to hear you <laughs> ask that question because she asks me every day if I'm going to go to go to law school after football." So, um, really interesting guy though. He yeah. had a big uh, point after block against Cal in. Uh, in the, the big Stanford-Cal game in 2020 in the COVID season uh, that was that would have tied the game with about yep. about a minute left so he can contribute on special teams. And I think he's just a perfect fit for the Packers' defense. Stanford plays oh, a 3-4. Yeah. Um, he said he basically mostly plays a, a 4 technique, so over the head of the tackle yeah. um, in, in Stanford's defense. And then he's also moved inside to 2-3 to and three technique when they go into a nickel. And that, that's exactly what the Packers could use is another guy out you know, out of that five tech spot to kind of rotate in with Dean Lowry a little bit. Um, you could play play him a little bit at the three. Um, you know, you, obviously Kenny Clark yeah. has been playing a little more three technique any as it is in in base, but um, I think he'd just be a really good schematic fit. And I'll be curious to see
1: what what you and maybe Justice think of him if you do a little yeah. You know, do a little tape study on, so on his game after you talk to him. Uh, you know, I always love going over to the guys where no one is there. And he's yep. just kind of standing there awkwardly. <laughs> so I just walked up to him. and I was like, "Listen, man." I've not watched you yet, but I've heard you're pretty good. So, like, <laughs> tell me what I need to watch when, I, when I'm watching you. It's just like, well, you just, I'm 3'10", and I'm pretty tall, but, like, I get off snap pretty quick, and I can cross a guy's face, like, incredibly quickly. I was like, all right, I think I'm... I'm you're selling me, man. You're selling me. <laughs> uh, but he was great, man. I loved talking to him. It was a really nice conversation. Uh, you know, it's going to... It's one of those guys... We walk away from the press. We're like, even if he's not a Packer, you'll be rooting for him.
0: Definitely, and and with that, you know that quickness. He said that uh, his dad's got all these little quips, these Tom Bookerisms they call him. But one of them is, is slow feet don't eat. And I kind of <laughs> like that that, uh, that he's always kind of really worked on his footwork um, and and used that to to his advantage on the interior. Yeah. Um, the other thing to mention on him is he's a finalist for the Campbell Trophy, which is yep. um, you know for the, the top scholar athlete in the country in, in college football. So um, doesn't yeah. surprise me at all after no, talking to that guy. <laughs> no, he was a great interview. He'll be you know he'll be a great fit in any locker room. He'll be he's a natural leader, two time captain. So um, you know wherever he ends up, I'm sure they'll be very happy to have him.
1: I gotta talk about my guy. If we're talking about good interviews too, do it, yeah. Devonte Wyatt out of Georgia, yeah. That was probably my favorite interview, maybe of the week so far. He was cracking me up nonstop. Um, someone asked him like, you know, he kept talking about how much he loves football. He was really energetic. He's just excited to be there. He talks about how fun it is. He talks about because he was like positive, upbeat, super friendly. Talking about when that uh, switch flips when it comes to game time. And it's like, why do you love football so much? He's like. Oh, I get to hit people. If, <laughs> if I got to hit y'all, I'd probably be going to jail. <laughs> and I was just like, damn. He was uh, infectious. He had the entire scrum just like laughing and all that. Uh, I always enjoy those guys too. So, uh, and we're talking about another defensive lineman as well. He's got a first round grade for me. Exceptional play strength. Really explosive. And yeah, when he does get an opportunity to hit, it looks like it hurts a lot. <laughs> so, um,. Someone else to keep an eye on, too. If Like, if he's on the board in the late 20s, I would not be surprised if the Packers would take a swing. At him. Yeah. is he? Well, and, and
0: he's he's got to be one of, the, like, a three-tech, right, for the most mm-hmm. part? Because um, they've got Jordan Davis as their nose tackle. At, and Jordan Trayvon at five and edge, yeah. Right, yeah. So that'd be an interesting fit, again, with, uh, you know, if, if you play Kenny Clark a little more straight up on the nose and yep. keep Lowry around for the five-tech, that's... You know, with Kingsley Kiki being gone, that that does kind of leave a, a question mark there at that position. Yeah,
1: I, I don't think you should be discounting. Like, we're talking about a couple defensive linemen here. Like that's going to be a need in this draft. Right. Uh, Slayton's coming on his own, but he's more of a rotational guy that you just plug in at nose, and, knows. and yeah. they don't have a lot of guys out of that. Dean Lowry. You know, we don't know what's going to happen to him or his contract. Uh, there's a lot of ifs on that defensive line right now.
0: Yeah, it's just interesting because the Packers, you know, they've really only drafted big nose tackles in the first round when it comes to defensive linemen yeah. over the, over the years. You know, under Ted Thompson, um, you know, basically you you can look back to it's Kenny and Justin Harrell, I think. But those are about the only wow, two, that's and name and BJ heard. Raji. But I haven't heard again, Justin Harrell's name in ages. Yeah, and those are all big, you know, nose tackle types. So mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to see. It just doesn't seem like they've they value that uh, the the three four ends quite as much. And, and they've found a lot of those guys in the middle rounds. Um, talking about hitting guys and, and play strength, um, I want to shift gears quick to the linebackers before we get out of here and, and mention Leo Chanel from Wisconsin. Um, another, another great interview. He's, uh, he's from shoot, um, Grantsburg, uh, a little bit north of Madison. But um, he, he was talking up uh, how, how his expectations for himself on the bench press – and unfortunately, at at the advice of his trainers, he's not going to be performing on that uh, that particular drill tomorrow. It sounds like a lot of these guys are are backing out of the bench because it's the same day as the rest of the workouts this year, which is again another scheduling issue that uh, that I'm surprised that the NFL is doing. And because so much, so many of the past years, they've had the bench the day before for these guys. So weird,
1: it's very weird, yeah, man.
0: But he said he really wanted to come in and, and try to put up 42 reps, which would break the the linebacker record. Um, which is just insane. So we'll have to wait and see what he does at, at Wisconsin's Pro Day um, sometime later on in March. But uh, again, he was, a, he was a great interview. He's a, a, a quieter guy, but he's got kind of a quiet, like, dry sense of humor mm-hmm. and uh, had a good time. And one of the other things I've been doing this week is asking all the Wisconsin guys and former Wisconsin guys uh, where the best cheese curds are. <laughs> and most of the guys have, have said, you know, the old fashioned got a couple of votes um, in Madi- downtown Madison. Um, Jack Sanborn said Culver's was was his favorite, even though he's not a big cheese curds guy. But uh, I, I Leo gave a great answer because uh, his hometown is home to Burnett Dairy, and uh, it's a small dairy co-op, and, and he shouted them out for, for having the best curds. So <laughs> that's great. I take love that. take some notes on that when uh, you know if you're ever up driving through that way. Awesome, love that. Yeah, a couple other interesting linebackers. I think you mentioned Chad Mumo of Wyoming was an interesting Yeah, Mumo was great. Um,
1: super smart. Yeah, yeah, He loves talking about the techniques and the intricacies of the position. He's a green guy, dot guy. I mean, he's the guy that loves calling the plays. He talked about how important that is to him because, like, you just need to know the playbook inside and out, and, you know, people are kind of, like, looking upon you to be that guy to know things and help them out, um, and he has that in spades. You know, he's got a great motor. Um, he talked about Logan Wilson, his old teammate, who's now uh, you know played out of his mind in the Super Bowl for the Bengals and how instrumental he's been in the development. Uh, he was someone I really liked. It was nice talking to him. About, yeah, You can just tell he, yeah, he loves the playbook. So that's yeah. someone that, you know, he's flying up draft boards. I think round one's a reach, but, you know, I could see a late-round situation. I'm not saying the Packers because they clearly don't value the position like other teams. But we've seen some inside linebackers surprisingly go late one uh, mm-hmm. in the past. Um, there's that, who did the Seahawks draft? Oh, Jordan years.
0: Brooks, yeah. Yeah,
1: Jordan Brooks, like out of nowhere. It was absolutely shocking to me. But yep. I, I don't think Muma has the athleticism or anything like that to be a first-round pick. But I, I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised because he's a likable guy, smart, instinctive, got a great motor.
0: Yeah, it's tough to get a beat on this linebacker class. I mean, I, I feel like there's mm-hmm. not a lot of guys that really stand out. Nicobe Dean from Georgia, maybe the big one. Probably. And Devin Lloyd, people love yes. Devin Lloyd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those are probably the two names that you might see in the first round. But um, the the middle of the class is just kind of interesting. But but a lot of these guys, um, you know, I, I just wasn't very familiar with um, outside of the two Wisconsin guys and Chanel and Sanborn.
1: Yeah, um, there. I was I was hoping for like more personalities. You know me, I always. The past few days when I've started just walking around, I'm looking for the guys that really just like sparked my interest. Because you can tell the guys that are media trained and not giving up too much information and stuff like that. So I just like to find the characters. Uh, linebacker group, there weren't too many that stood out to me. Um, but, you know, it, Muma was one that just, yeah, it, it caught my eye.
0: Yep. Alright, well I think that'll do it. Uh, unless you got any other
1: closing thoughts. I'm tired, man. <laughs> it's been, it's been a, oh, a week. It's been an absolute blast, especially working with Hex. Um, but Wow, uh, it's not. I was not expecting it to be quite the marathon when I. I kind of started off on a sprint uh, to start yeah. the week, so uh, you know we're, I can see the finish line now, so looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, we've got uh, one more day of media stuff tomorrow. We'll get the DBs in the morning. Uh, we'll try to get uh, a pod out tomorrow after we get some interviews there, um, and have that for you over the weekend. But until then, we're gonna call it a day. Uh, we will talk to you soon from Indianapolis on uh, day four, and go pack go.